0: Something happens to me in worship. Something happens to me and, and I just want to get up and preach. I just want to get up and I just want to start almost yelling. I want to get up and I want to start preaching. Because I believe what we're looking at right now and how God is moving and what God is saying is so apropos to what we're experiencing when we worship. So, this morning, I want to take some time and I want to look at what God is saying. Before I do that, children, you are dismissed for Sunday school. Children, you may be dismissed for Sunday school. We have somebody standing up here in the corner. This is a new grandma. Um, she's got a little one in her hands, Evelyn Grace, who's the daughter of, Sh- is it Shayna? Shayna and Trevor. So just welcome Jennifer this morning, and Trevor and Shayna are, are around. There's nothing like young life. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. It is amazing. Who here needs a word from God? Who here would like a word from God? Well, you came to the right place because I'm going to give you a word from God. And I want you to listen, I want you to hear, and I want you to take notes because I've got notes for you. So, if I could have a couple ushers, there's some notes there on the corner of the table. And if you've got your Bibles, if you could turn to Romans chapter 5. If you could turn to Romans chapter 5. And as you're turning to Romans chapter 5 and as the notes are being handed out, I want to read a verse that is becoming very much a benchmark verse for us in this season right now. And that verse is, God is able to make all grace abound to you. God is able to make all grace abound to you. I'm not sure if you heard that. God is able to make all grace abound to you. I don't care if you have a what if I've got a but God, and my butt God trumps your what if. Well, what about this? God is able to make all grace abound to you. We're going to keep it real simple. We're just going to read the, that scripture. You can pray for me that that's all I do. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything... You may have an abundance for every good deed. God is interested in you. God is interested in you. And this morning as you leave, may you leave with a conviction in your heart that there is nothing that goes beyond what God is able to do may you take your hopelessness and throw it aside and grab on to the hopefulness of our king because he is able to make all grace abound. Now you've got some notes there this morning. You can pray for me because I think I've got some skeptics, skeptics to think that I can actually stay with my notes. This morning I want to talk about the news about grace. Have you heard the news? Grace is coming to town. Have you heard the news? Have you heard the news about grace? And what I'd like to do is is I'd like to read it ...from a different version that many of us may not have with us. It's a new one, a new translation. And it's called the Passion Translation. And the Passion Translation will take the words... ...and what it does is it tries to expand it... ...with relative to the thoughts or the passion that Christ has. So sometimes there's words or phrases that we find in the Passion Translation... ...we don't find in some others... So I'd like to read this to you and then I've got seven new things for each one of us to grab a hold of this morning. And we're going to talk about the new, the new about grace. Now there is no comparison between Adam's transgression and the gracious gift that we experience for the magnitude of the gift far outweighs the crime. It's true that many died because of one's man's transgressions, but how much greater will God's grace and his gracious gift of acceptance overflow to many because of what one man, Jesus the Messiah, did for us. And this free-flowing gift imparts to us much more than that was given to us through the one who sinned. For because of one transgression, we're all facing a death sentence with a verdict of guilty. But this gracious gift leaves us free from our many failures and brings us into the perfect righteousness of God, acquitted with the words, not guilty. Death once held its grip, and by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. In other words, just as condemnation came upon all people through one transgression, so through one righteous act of Jesus' sacrifice, The perfect righteousness that makes us right with God and leads us to a victorious life is now available to all. One man's disobedience opened the door for all humanity to become sinners. So also one man's obedience opened the door for many to be made perfectly right with God and acceptable to him. So then the law was introduced into God's plan to bring the reality of human sinfulness out of hiding. And yet, wherever sin increased, there was much more than enough of God's grace to triumph all the more. And just as sin reigned through death, so also this sin-conquering grace will reign as king through righteousness, imparting eternal life through Jesus, our Lord and Messiah. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now. And Lord, I ask for droplets of grace to come and drop on us this morning. Maybe we re- may we be ready to hear and receive what you have for us. And we thank you for your word, your precious name. Amen. I have something funny that's happening to me recently. About nine months ago, Pastor Winona and I were in Bethel. Yes. We got Cleo and a couple of her friends from Bethel with us this morning. Hey. And uh, Pastor Winona and I went to this um, room and they were doing prophetic ministry. And what they had was they had three people. A seasoned person, one that was pretty seasoned, and then a kid. And I had a shirt on. I think I had a shirt on. Is that right, honey? (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad you're listening. I had a shirt on, and it had bubbles on it or circles. And the child looked at me, and I call it child because I don't think they were over 10 years old. And the child looked at me and said, you know, the first thing that came to my mind is I just see you putting your hand over people and going, pop, 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 pop. And then the last three or four Sundays, all I want to do is I just want to put my hand over top of people and go, pop, 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 pop. So this morning, do it, pop. So this morning, as I'm praying, God says, I saw this water droplet, and he says, poke it. Sometimes the prophetic looks funny to those who have no clue what's going on. So I'm getting ready to pray for some people here, and I'm going, how do I make this look so it doesn't look kind of funny? So put your head down maybe a little lower, because then I don't... So this morning, I'm just asking God to burst some bubbles on top of you. And if you're crazy enough like I am, come to me after the service and I'll just pop. Hey? You okay with that? We do crazy things here because we believe in a God that does above and beyond what we ask or think. Grace. Grace is goodwill freely disseminated by God especially to the benefit of of the recipient regardless of the benefit accrued to the disseminator in other words he gives it regardless of what he gets back he doesn't have strings attached he's got eternal life attached I have a heart this week I had to exercise grace and it was hard because that person that God challenged me to exercise grace is a grown individual who knows better, who knows what to do, and how dare they have a relationship with me that they're not being honest about or sharing with. And God challenged me, he says, are you prepared just to give them free grace? And it's like, oh, Lord, help me, why do I have to preach about it and then practice it? <laughs> I'd rather just preach it and let you guys practice it. God is, grace gets messy. (laughs) Grace got blood all over it. It's messy. Have you ever extended grace to somebody and then they come back to you a couple days later and they go, oh, I did it again. And you want to lay hands on them, but not in the way God says to lay hands on them. It's a free gift. When I was in college, they made it real simple. They called grace God's riches at Christ's expense. Did you catch what I did there? What is that, an anagram? Anonym. Acronym. An anagram is too close to Instagram. It's, it's an acronym. God's riches at Christ's expense. It's the riches of God... Through Christ and what Christ did, how he paid the price so that God gives freely to anyone who wants it. And in Romans here, this, that I may not be theologically as sound as Pastor Nelson and I don't have the 16. Although, although I had 25 pages in my notes. But I only printed three of them this morning but I literally had 25 pages. But the first thing I want you to see, when you accept the grace of God, it's a new measure and a new standard. So point number one, which you have in your notes, when you walk in the new grace, the news about grace, it's a new standard or a new measurement. The old standard was measured according to our faults. Sometimes I revert back to the old standard. Especially when I look at others. And I've had the privilege of sitting down with many people, sharing life with people, counseling people, and it's amazing how often our default goes back to our faults. Defaults. Instead of the grace And the default says I'm not good enough, but the grace says you are good enough. Look at somebody and say I'm good enough. Now if it was a husband to a wife, let your wife say it back to you because let's be honest, we're both good enough. The previous standard and measurement was according to sin, but now we're measured according to the free gift or the act of what Jesus did. So the old measurement was sin, law. This was the trespass. The trespass was doing what was beyond the boundary or going past the limit. I'm getting all these crazy little songs coming to my mind. I got to stop that little squirrel and just stay with the message here. (laughs) The song is "Take It to the Limit" one more time, and it's like, no, I, I I gotta stop that. No, Grace says no. It doesn't matter how many times you've taken it to the limit. The Grace says you're free, and this is the new standard. This is the new measurement. I think God's kind of messing with me this morning. I don't know what drunk feels like, but maybe it's a little bit like this. Uh, Stay to your notes, David. Grace takes you from never measuring up to more than measured up. This is the grace that you and I have given to us freely. And what's amazing is He doesn't even compare it to the old way. He says it's beyond that. When Jesus came, he didn't just rectify and say, hey, Father, all those sins from the past are now taken care of, and now we can just go on with a new way. He said, no, all those sins are taken care of from the past, but I also paid the price for everything in the future. Not only that, but when they have a death and life passes them, they actually won't die. They'll have eternal life, and they'll live forevermore. He didn't just measure it the same way. He went above and beyond that measurement. So there's a new standard, a new measurement. When God looks at you, he doesn't look at you according to your faults. He looks to you according to his grace. It's a new measurement. Man, if that's only the first point, I should be getting some ouches this morning. We're not measured according to our faults. We're not measured according to our mistakes. We're not measured according to our transgression or overstepping of a boundary. But we have a free gift, which is a present given as a sign of beneficent favor. It's a gift. Here it is. And as he gives it, it has favor attached with it. And if you read the book of Romans, you'll find out it says, while we were yet sinners... While we were enemies, I have a hard enough time giving somebody I like favor, let alone somebody who I don't like. Did I just say I didn't like somebody? (laughs) Point number two there's a new verdict. The first one was from verse 15. I'm just trying to, each verse, I just pulled out a new thing, a new verdict. This free flowing gift imparts to us much more than it was given to us through the one who sinned. Because when we were sinning and sinners, we were declared guilty. And you know what? That was correct. Because it says when the law came, it introduced the boundaries. And there was no sin before the law came. But the law came and all of a sudden there was a speed limit. And what happens with a speed limit, we always want to go past it. We always want to go above it. We always want to go beyond it. We always want to step. Can I just see what happens beyond it? And we have this old verdict. And because of that, we are or were, let me say, were guilty. None of us measured up. Not one of us. Because it says, if anybody could have done this, Christ wouldn't have been necessary. But none of us can boast in anything we've done. We were guilty. And Jesus comes, and by pouring out of his grace, it's, this is a legal term. He stands there and he declares, not guilty. Quit. Beating yourself up. You're not guilty. Well, what about this? What about grace? I'm preaching something dangerous here. I'm preaching something dangerous here. Because if we would catch it and grab it, we would walk in a way that we're walking in grace, which is scary. Because when I do something wrong, what do I do? I change, I repent, but I say that's not who I am. I'm a person who was paid for and lives in grace. And grace says I'm not guilty. Now let me say, Jesus, when he saw the woman at the well, he told her everything. He gave her grace. What did he say when she left? He said, don't go sinning. Don't Stop it. So don't keep doing it. You struggle with something. We all struggle. Ask my wife about me. No, don't. We, we have our struggles. But honey, I live according to grace. I'm not guilty. Too often we place it within our, the realms of our skull and we try to figure it out, but what we need to do is look at it according to his word and what he says. And, and if I can say this, this, this grace, I grew up and the phrase was greasy grace. Sloppy agape and greasy grace. Oh, that person just talks about greasy grace and sloppy agape. And because of that, we get this, oh, I can't even go there. I can't even go there because I might talk about greasy grace. You know what? If you take the grace and you make it greasy, that's your thing. You do that and you let God deal with you. I'd rather see people walking in grace and growing and exercising and learning what grace is than staying away from it and not experiencing it all. In other words, I'd rather be able to sit across the table from you and share with you and help you grow in grace because you're moving in grace instead of you standing back not doing anything. Are you prepared to take a risk? This... this. This challenges me. I didn't grow up like that. I, the first time I saw a believer smoke, I was waiting for lightning to strike him. <laughs> I can't figure that out. I, I, I can't do that math, but God doesn't ask me to. He just asked me to do grace. A new verdict. Grace takes us. From condemnation to justification. And that word condemnation means a legal decision of guilt in a criminal case. Often attached with punishment. So that's where we were. And quite frankly, that's how we lived. In guilt, in condemnation. And it was Legal. It was actually true. But then what happens, the word justification, in the sense that it's written here, is a legal decision from a court. A legal decision from a court that says the person is in full accordance with the requirement of the law. But I thought they were guilty. And he goes, no. They're fully in accordance with the requirements of the law, and they're justified. In other words, you can't use the law against them because the law says they are actually right. Why? Because of Jesus. Because of grace. These are legal terms. Number three, we have a new verdict, we have a new standard, we have a new future. Because of grace, you have a new future. You say, well, I'm a believer, I know that. We need to start living like it. We need to start living like I've got a new future. I'm like the duck that water can't, it just flows off my back. You know, why? Because of grace. And yeah, it's a little greasy. Are you okay that we, we push, push that a little bit? Because I've grown up, and I think sometimes we put restrictions on God's grace because we don't know what to do with it. so you might email me later with a theological discourse and I'm going to ask you for grace. One person understood what I was saying. There's a new future. Death once held its grip because of the blunder of one man. Death reigned as king over humanity. But now, but now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace? I'm no longer held in the grip of death. I am now held in the grip of grace. This grace is amazing. I have a new future. My future doesn't look at death. My future looks at the grip of grace and what he does for me. And if we keep reading it, it says, that the grip of grace, we continue reigning as kings in life. Not just in death, but we might as well enjoy ourselves here because His grace is for us now. His grace doesn't stop and say, Oh, yeah, you got to wait till you pass away. You got to wait till you step over the line. You got to wait till you kick the bucket or whatever they want to call it. No, grace is now. And His grace causes you and I to live and to reign as kings in life. You are our royalty. I might be referred to as Sir David after this message. I crown you Sir David. I don't know what's in this water. (laughs) A new future. A new future. You have a new future. Because of grace. Because of amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. And now I reign as a king. I know that, that wasn't the right word there, but I reign in life as a king. The grace that God gave us, gave us a new future. He gave us a new now. The new future is also the new now. Quit putting off the goodness of God and start enjoying the goodness of His grace now. Grace takes us from death to reigning. Number four, because of grace, we have a new relationship. We used to be judged guilty and condemned through Adam's disobedience, but now we are righteous through the obedience of one sacrifice, the act of Jesus' sacrifice, the perfect righteousness that makes us right with God and leads us to a victorious life is now available to all. So my relationship has changed. I I wrote down here, we need to change our relationship status. Get on Facebook. I am no longer single. I am now changed by grace. And see who responds to that. Grace affected Facebook. Can you imagine Twitter going up like crazy? Change your relationship status. Because that used to be my relationship used to be connected with the sin of Adam. But now my relationship is through the act of obedience of Jesus is now that I'm righteous in him. I am declared and the act of righteous, the, the word there act of righteous is actually a legal term meaning he satisfied all the requirements of the law. There was nothing outstanding when Jesus said, It is finished. It was finished. And the acts that were required were completed. And now you and I walk in grace because of what He did. My relationship has changed. And no longer have I got a ball and chain called sin. Now I have a bright future called grace. And because of grace, I can walk in the grace that He's given me. You have a new relationship. We're made right. Grace changes our relationship status. Look at somebody and say, my relationship status has changed. Check my Facebook page later. Number five. I'm doing pretty good this morning. Like, I'm just, I'm just going through these things. Like... You guys must have been praying for me. Seven points, 25 pages, and he's like on number five. There's a new door. Disobedience used to be the door that opened up for us, but now it says there's a new door opened up through Christ. You have a new door. The old door used to be a dead-end door. Now it's a door open with so many possibilities and so many open rooms in front of us. Grace opened a new door. It says there in verse 19, One man's disobedience opened the door for all humanity become sinners. So also one man's obedience opened the door to be for many to be made perfectly right with God and acceptable to Him. The new door that you have through grace and what God has done through grace makes you perfectly acceptable. It blows my mind. I start from a place of perfect acceptance in Christ. Grace has made you acceptable. All those things that used to be put up against you, well, I was this, I did this, I did that, I acted this way, I used to speak this way, I used to live like that, I used to have this habit, I used to have that habit. And what happens, grace closes that door and opens a new door that is perfectly acceptable to God. Now what do you have to do? You have to keep living in that right way. It says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how, did we, how should we that are dead to sin live there any longer? So, don't take the grace and keep living that way. Take the grace and start living this way. Let it empower you to live a life perfectly right with God. Will you make mistakes? Yes, you will. And it's up to me to extend grace to you because God extends it. It's on me if you make a mistake to show you grace. And it's on you if I make a mistake for you to show me grace. So when you leave today, and I've gone three minutes over, I'm going to ask you for grace. You laugh, but I know. I'm praying for you, Pastor Daniel. I live next door to him. I work on him all week. Grace makes us accepted. Number six. We have a new victory because of grace. This grace is available for all. Because when you exercise grace, what you do is you exercise through faith, through believing in the act of what Jesus did, you now become accepted in the beloved, and now grace is theirs and it's yours. It doesn't, humanly speaking, I'll be honest with you, that's not the way I would negotiate. I would not negotiate like that. I would negotiate always to have the upper hand. I'd always negotiate that way. If I can control the situation, and God says, no, I'm going to give them grace. Completely unmerited. They didn't deserve it. They were enemies, but I'm going to give it to them. Why? Because I love them. I can see why it can be abused, as some people would say. But I'd rather see somebody exercising grace and being treated and worked with and learning how to walk in grace than somebody not exercising it at all and beating themselves up every day. Do you hear me? I think as believers, we've lived behind that line because, boy, if we get to that point, I might step over and I might do I actually might make a mistake. Believe it or not. New victory. The law exposed sin. Grace triumphant over it. There's a, there's a verse in there. It says, more than enough of God's grace to triumph all the more. God's grace isn't just enough to match his grace goes beyond and its triumph over all. This is the grace of God. I I know I'm walking dangerously. I I guess I like to live dangerously this morning. Who here is prepared to walk in grace this week? and not in condemnation who here is prepared to give grace for somebody you just saw their hand raised and yet they did it again not as many hands raised up <laughs> i'm just kidding oh that was a trick question no i'll pray for, i'll pray for you later grace always is more grace always is more and what about grace grace always is more well i did this grace well i i i i said a word i shouldn't have said grace you know i did it twice this week can i extend grace Peter said, How many times do I have to forgive that person? Actually, the word forgive, if you study it, you find out it's one of the root words of grace. It's connected with grace. So, extending forgiveness is extending grace. (laughs) She starts playing. I might start singing. Oh, my Lord, what's going on? <laughs> there's a new victory. Number seven, there's a new way to reign. Because of grace, I actually reign in this life. It said sin reign through death grace causes us to reign as kings eternally now and forevermore. Don't just wait till the forevermore but start reigning now because of grace. Because of grace. The funny thing about grace is is if I don't look at it through my eyes of grace, somebody who walks in grace, I will start becoming very judgmental. But if I can look at them through the eyes of grace, I will become very acceptable and accept them. How can that person who's been saved for only three months... Live like that and be happy all the time when I've been saved for 35 years and I'm old and I'm grumpy and I understand grace. And what are they doing enjoying themselves? You don't think that happens? Oh, let me tell you. Well, I'm a veteran Christian, I'm not a rookie Christian. I've been through this rodeo a few times. And what are they doing? How can they advance like that? How can they even smile? Do they know what they're doing? Oh, Lord, help me. Grace is a new way to live. I'm not sure I understand it completely. I don't know if I understand it completely. I don't even know if Pastor Nelson does either. <laughs> and his notes fell off his... <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> he just lost control when I said that. Grace is a new way to live. Grace reigns, period. Grace wins, period. Grace is king, period. And grace is a person. His name is Jesus. So this morning... I'm going to give you two opportunities to respond. One is, if you've never accepted grace, you can right now. You don't have to come up front and get prayed for, but if you've never experienced, accepted the life of grace the way that Jesus brought it to earth, what you do is you just accept it right now and you say, I receive what you did for me and now I will no longer live in condemnation. I am going to learn how to walk in the grace that you give me. So my first invitation is, if you've never experienced grace and you say, but I've got these mistakes that are piling up behind me, that's fine. Let's look forward and let's see what Christ did and how he totally paid that. And he said, now you can walk in a new life. That's for you this morning. So if that's you, the invitation is accept what he did. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. If if that is you, I'd love to hear, but you can just tell me privately. We'll have a baptism another time where it is a public demonstration of our faith. But if you've never experienced Jesus and the grace that he brings, you can right now. The second thing I want to say is if you're a veteran Christian like me, and you've been to a few rodeos, and you've been calloused, You've been hurt. You've seen things that maybe you didn't understand. I want to give you an invitation right now to switch that around and say, I'm going to apply grace to my life. And I want it to change the way I live. And if that's you, you don't have to stand up. You can just receive that right now. Because I'm not all about, I'm about lives being transformed and eternities changed and lives improved by the grace of God. Can we pray? And after we pray, I believe Charlene is, is it you Charlene that's got a couple announcements and offering. Lord, I just ask right now for your grace to come. Lord, may we understand that there's a new standard, a new measurement. May we receive grace as a new verdict. May we see a new future, Lord. May our relationship change. Lord, may we have a new door of open opportunity because of your grace Lord, may we walk in new victory today, not in defeat, but in victory because of the grace that you have given and poured out so freely upon us. And Lord, may we start to learn how to reign as kings and priests in relationship to the grace that you've given us. Lord, not that we would rule it over people, but we would just be gracious people reigning in how you have given us grace to reign. Thank you, Jesus. And everybody said, amen.